Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These eight cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do bring the Mayan alternative to light and want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Blue Solar Hand, and it is the ninth day of the Blue Storm Wave Spell. And it is the Magnetic Moon, day 18. I think, I'm pretty sure, I'm just getting acclimated to the whole new year where we begin weeks and moons on a Tuesday. And plus... Some of you know, in my latest list, litany of excuses for being completely irregular in the podcast department, I had a big like website seize up, and I could not care enough to overcome that weird invasive uh, setback until I finished painting the side of my house which I did. And then when I went back to fix it, it had like self-fixed that's ideal so uh it's the blue storm wave spell i want to start on kind of like well we were wondering what might be happening culturally societally in this wave spell because it's always uh, a way to kind of get out of our own storm upheaval and just use these 13 days sometimes it's a whole year when it's a blue storm year to kind of assess like what does the storm look like that's trying to clear the sky so that uh, sunlight can return peace can return what is the upheaval in service of peace so i haven't been super invested in what's going on but the headlines are kind of dramatic and there are a lot of republicans who are invested in what's going on and very irate so they are having their stormy outbursts but i was looking at it this way um forgive me if i get too specific and too americana but my big fear slash prediction of you know further uh apocalyptic evolution is when trump isn't in the picture and ron DeSantis is and uh if Trump is the Republican nominee, I think that's kind of great for those who oppose him. Like, I don't know, I'm just not so hopeless or cynical that I think he could actually throw an American election. Could be wrong, could be wrong. So I think everyone rallying behind the, um, I don't know what to call him, I wanna be rude, but rallying behind Trump the blue electric hand currently as part of the blue storm evolution 
is actually pointing us towards sunlight. Like, yeah, ride that train into the apocalypse. Go for it. Um, maybe it's just like a beehive that gets really, really buzzy over in one corner. And if you know to stay away from it, it's relatively peaceful for the rest of us. So that's been my only uh, severe blue storm perceptive reflection. Like, oh, this is actually good news. And I guess it is kind of an upheaval, you know, like I got audited this last several moons and I don't have that much to hide. So it's just mostly a giant hassle and it feels like a bureaucratic um, engagement. You know, here am I and the U.S. government entangled. So I have some feelings of empathy for what it's like when the FBI (laughs) comes to your house and cracks your safe. So I don't think it's like nothing. I think it's important to see the storm as, uh, again, in service of some clarity and joy. So that might be my assessment. Did you miss me? Did you miss my politicization of Mayan indigenous astrology? Maybe. The uh, Blue Storm Wave Spell is really in its highest pitch. I've been absent. I think you know that. So I've been living it and I've been really, really empowered by it. I have some goals that are pretty like strained, severe uh, regarding my Endless House project. And the Blue Storm Wave Spell has been really helpful It's just like a force of energy, I say. It's a force of nature. And so maybe you're harnessing that. Maybe you're just feeling like you can steamroll through obstruction, internal energetic obstruction especially, because, you know, a storm can't generally blow through matter like mountain ranges as much as it can blow through um, congested energy, i.e. evaporative water or... (sighs) Um, flimsy things Um, it'll blow all the leaves off a tree but the tree might be okay or it'll blow the tree over but you know not the brick house it's kind of like the little piggy with the brick house is going to be okay in the storm so uh, it's really helpful though to be in the storms um, power surge if you have energetic obstruction in your life And I'm enjoying it because it's home base and I get to really look at some of my own heartfelt issues for this 260 days Zulkin. Each one of us gets a wave spell. We pass through it every Zulkin cycle. And so I think it's always like a touchstone. I'm really working on how hard it is to perceive myself as feminine or beautiful after being a day laborer for almost two years in like the grungiest I don't know crusty uh, construction you know damaged body clothes hairstyle skin like I just feel gross and undesirable and I think it's a lot of perceptive error so my blue storm time has been devoted to kind of undertaking the pain around that perception and seeing what of it sort of has to be addressed as quote-unquote real. I am really actually aging. (laughs) 
I'm really getting up there? And what of it is just like a weird hallucination, like an energy vortex that I need to like crash through? You know, that's an example of body dysmorphia. You know, am I actually really old looking and pursed and prunish and embarrassing to be around? Or am I perceiving life through the eyes of a really sort of horribly self-hating um, inner monster? I know it's all of the above. So part of the blue storm time is uh, seeing what's left and still standing. What's the brick house and what's the leaf on the tree? And by the way, it all folds neatly into our year that has begun in a new 13 moon wave spell because in the magnetic moon in the magnetic tone is always held the the kind of lunar struggle lunar meaning uh, polarity and black and white and shadow and light so you know the shadow clearly in the example i just gave is that i have terrible uh self-immolating um perception of my own worth and beauty like that's always been true so it's part of like it's part of my karmic code this lifetime but I've also experienced freedom from that and I'm trying to find out if there is you know an avenue a, a, a lane that I can get in that has way more freedom to be self-accepting and I think uh, it's the purpose for my year and the acceptance part not the beautification part and that in the lunar moon I'm going to get some information you know what is my challenge like why do I keep holding this kind of like guillotine out in front of my um, you know path through life that that's where I should put myself rather than just bypassing it and like being free so the blue storm wave spell brings a lot to light i think the clarity is a big part of it it's not just clearing the sky so that we get sunny feelings of joy and warmth but also vis visibility sunny clarity the piercing light of the sun is released to show us truth and the sun in this endless metaphor is the giver of life or a godhead so storm serves us having a clearer communication and infusion from the giver of life the god it's just summer and kind of fun and and things are intense in a kind of purposeful way you know like the magnetic moon is so much about attracting karma and attracting a very clear topic you know i could say purpose but just like think of it as like here's a theme for your year here's karma here are some people that are going to be part of your year you know it's kind of like going to a play rehearsal and everyone has their script and you see who shows up to play what role nothing's really exactly started but you're all in the initiation process you know we can't be intentional at the beginning of the year that is wrong <laughs> The beginning of the Mayan year is not about, you know, this year I really would like to see myself get this or even do this. Like, please surrender to it just being an invitation or an initiation. The beginning of the year is an offering and we attract it like a magnet 
what it is we're supposed to be occupied with, what layer of the onion we're going to peel away, what wounding we're going to repair. Um, so that's a discomfort. What discomfort do you hold? How are you agitated? That's going to be uh, appeased over the course of the year. There's something about the magnetic moon that is exhausting. I usually equate it to how there can be a lot of like still heat in August in the summer month that we're familiar with from our whole lifetime before we followed this calendar where we don't go, yeah, the magnetic moon is always still and hot, but think of your childhood and how there's still a lot of like moisture left in the summer season in July. But then in August, you know, there's that desiccated feeling. Harvest in and of itself, if I look at my tomato plants, is about death starting to take hold of the vines and that all the resources that are coming from plants go to the fruit and not to the foliage. So things start to brown and um, begin their cycle into decay. And the land is arid and global warming exacerbates that. And you know, our persona experiences some disorientation or boredom. Uh, if we remember our summer vacations getting a little bit like, um, unscheduled and almost an eagerness to be in school where people are and new information lies and I always liken that historic experience through my childhood uh, to the magnetic time so the drive forward is part of beginning the new cycle and yeah, what I said at the beginning, which is the polarity is inside the magnetic tone. Uh, you know, if you listen to me for a while, I'm pretty redundant or circular, so I can remind you that the Mayan numeric system is dots and bars, and it was, I think, cacao pods and sticks originally, like seeds and sticks, or maybe it was stones. I, I'm never historically accurate. But nonetheless, they denoted that in illustration in hieroglyph as dots and bars. So the first tone or first of any count is one dot, and then the second is two dots. And the way to perceive, I mean, am I allowed to tell you how to perceive things? The way I perceive this that I find kind of sensually true like I perceive it and then I experience it with my body and soul <laughs> is that the magnetic first dot holds within it the two dots that come in the lunar second you know the second in their numerology so it's not adding a dot it's splitting the dot into two and then you know, it's not like two smaller dots, like division creates growth. So within this magnetic first tone is the polarity that we're going to get clear about in the second one. So the problems, as it were, that we're going to identify in the second tone, we're already experiencing. So there's not like a problem that arises in the lunar moon that we're like, wait, what is this from nowhere? The problem's here, and in Lunar Tune, we just start to get 
I just called it the lunar tune. <laughs> the lunar tone or the loony tune. That's exactly when I when I raise children to follow the calendar. I'm hoping that they walk around talking about the loony tune. Mom, mom, it's the loony tune. Um, the lunar tone is just like clarity and awakening and intensification of challenge but we can we identify it but it's not like arrived doesn't arrive the arrival of challenge in the lunar tune isn't the structure the structure is identifying it and it's it's already here in the magnetic tone in my opinion in the one dot is everything everything for the year it's a seed pod it is, um, I don't know, like when you buy sponges and they're all like flat and then you put them in water and they get big. That's how I feel about it. It's just like a condensed, packed protein nugget and it's going to grow from that density. So everything that we experience within the year is flashing past us. And that doesn't mean every action. It doesn't. <laughs> it's not literal. It's it's metaphysical and metaphorical. And so I think what happens in the magnetic tone is really important. Last podcast, I talked about falling in love or falling toward love. Like I just don't feel it as like, oops, I'm losing control. Ah, I'm plunging, you know, or the danger of all the times I've fallen in love. And boy, did I like scrape my knees. I just feel aware that, um, you know, I, I met a person that is worthy of really paying attention to, and it's easy to love. It doesn't look like a future romantic um, fairy tale. So that's cool. I have no idea what's in the future, but I just know undeniably that this year, like, delivered that, as they say, punch. Like, what? Oh, okay, okay, okay. And again, I kind of, I don't look forward to the lunar moon and all my losses, but I know that in the lunar moon, some of the things that seem really important right now could fall away. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's like, come on. I don't have too much going on. Well, I do. I, the house project could fall away and that would be delightful. And it will, in fact, it will. It will abate in the lunar moon. And maybe it'll leave me with these other things that feel more restful and enriching and invigorating and new. But if you, I mean, it's in the future, but if you sort of like, okay, conceptualize the things that we lose in the lunar moon, we lose momentarily because they don't have anywhere to go. They're just part of the, like the darker, shadowy part of our karma for the year. So they can't take form and be, I guess, like um, present and real in our lives until we go on the journey and do the process work of a kind to integrate them so that they are a part of us and not like a, you know, a dangling exterior, um, you know, what is that? It's just like, I think when we have wounding and armoring, things can arrive in our lives that can't penetrate, they can't get through. So like imagine that part of what the process of wave spell is, is letting go of armoring, becoming stronger and more resilient from the journey so that things fall away and we're freer. And we arrive at the peak of a wave spell really unencumbered. And 
in that place, you know, the planetary tone of arriving at the peak of our growth, of our ascent, we can, you know, bring in the challenge that was outside and detach from ourselves because there's an opening in us. So if we go into the lunar moon with losses, I'm telling myself this, like, <laughs> it's okay, because there's a lot of other things to do. And I feel that in my own life, like I, I do not want for things to do that are actually exciting and inspiring. Uh, we do those things and we see where it takes us. It's all going to be elevating because the wave spell is a growth upward toward the sky gods. And then there'll be some kind of integrating and circling back on the things that we feel slipped out of our grasp. So that's the future. I guess this is kind of a future podcast. I don't like doing that. I don't have confidence. But because I'm so like tuned in to the cycle it just helps me sometimes to talk about what the cycle really is so that there isn't like a lot of alarm about like i'm about to get burned in the lunar moon 28 days of challenge and we're not there yet it's day 18 we have 10 days to keep navigating what is new and dense about our years unfolding and also, I have said to myself mostly, I don't really bring it up here a ton, that you can always break down the, you could be very scientific and keep a log. And you could say, okay, it's the magnetic tone of a new year. The moon is 28 days long. What wave spells does the magnetic moon hold? The first wave spell we entered on was, I don't actually know. <laughs> It's a white world bridger. Okay, so the red self-existing moon year that started July 26 was couched in the white world bridger wave spell. So white world bridger wave spell is one of the things we attracted as our purpose for the year. And then the blue storm wave spell was another thing we attracted as our purpose for the year. And then we're going to have a bit of the yellow human wave spell. So you could actually, like I said, you could keep a little log you could put it on your refrigerator and so the magnetic tone this year we're attracting as our purpose the allowal of death of things ending uh, being real and honest about what that is that we can't just prop everything up and you know go 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 they'll there will be finality and fatality in parts of our lives not just our own morbidity but just you know our stamina for something or our um, projects will shift in our relationships. They could look like they have um, death cycles. So grappling with that and being honest with it is part of the or the purpose of our year. And then the storm. The storm is, uh, in its essence, the means, the vehicle of transformation that gets us back to peace and clarity. It has to come along in order to get rid of obfuscation that lives like smog or fog in our lives so that we can't see and we can't go forward we you know we do it haltingly and blindly um, so that's part of our purpose for the year upheaval you know is also in there i don't want to deny the shadow aspect death could be a purpose for this year like a physical death in your life of a person or animal you love 
And storm could mean like, Jesus Christ, it's this never ending charged upheaval that we go through personally and societally could be. And then yellow human we haven't experienced yet, but you can pay attention in the five or so days that we get in the yellow human wave spell. Let me think how many are there? Yeah, about five days. <sighs> you know, what about being a human or free will is also part of our purpose. And then the same in the lunar moon for this year, identifying our challenge. If you wrote it on your refrigerator, there'd be part of the yellow human wave spell, the bulk of it, followed by red serpent, the wave spell with 10 portals, and a little bit after that of white mirror. So there you go. I mean... <laughs> Talk about like being a future tripper. Right now, I can tell you, yeah, our challenge is the downside or the free will side of the human experience. Um, the headstrong, the willful, the egoic part of humanity, which gets us forward as survivors, even though we don't have claws and jaws of steel. Our, our acumen allows us to survive and our determination it's such a great strong piece of our um you know fitness to be a species on earth but you know on a personality level it can be a little intense and and selfish and then add to that the red serpent part of our experience where we are um, survivalistic and sort of bestial and um, primal and reptilian. We don't have a big heart that's beating and caring and connecting. That's a challenge for us, but it also allows us to survive. I always refer to the red serpent people I've known, how they would have these massive brushes with actual death and be okay. <laughs> So it's kind of good that part of what we find out in the lunar moon is that for all our reactivity as if we're coiled serpents with hissing and, you know, this determination that it's ourselves no matter what, there's also the fierce ability to still be here, even without an exoskeleton or whatever the hell, you know, just being in a tight coil and prepared for infiltration means that we have a good chance of being here beyond all kinds of terror terrorizing and then white mirror down the line that wave spell the teaching of one of the essential mayan truths which is in every philosophy and religion i.e christ was crucified which is a human sacrifice ritual but the maya had theirs built into their society structured and we have to learn about it, every passage in the Zulkin through the wave spell that celebrates it. How to let loss be our uh, sacred offering of ourself to, you know, the spiritual realms. Like, okay, I, you took away this from me and now I can pay more attention to you instead of what I was holding on to. So that sounds like a pretty good year of purification. This red self-existing moon year is about purification and water and tides and moods and crying. I have a friend who I exchanged letters with and it's nice because snail mail is just so slow and flow. It's very red moon, just flow, you know, just moving as fast as gravity 
ordains. And, you know, I'm always like going through cycles now where I'm like crying. <laughs> that was not happening in the yellow electric seed year. It's new. And it's cool. It's just emotionality moving. It's, it's fine. It's like uh, melting. And so I, you know, I mentioned that like ambience of this letter is that I've been crying while writing it. And, and the, I received a letter back like, yes, I cry a lot too. Mostly happy crying. <laughs> and I was all, is that crying? Is that what people mean when they say they cry a lot? Like I was just, I, it's just sort of semantic. I mean, isn't built into saying I'm a crier meaning isn't that mean? Like I'm a sad crier. Wouldn't there have to be another explanation? Like I'm emotional. Lots of things bring me to tears. So much joy to celebrate in the world can really crack me. I'm like, you know, that's about 5% of my crying. That happens occasionally and it is more like a tear or two, but the actual physical act of crying and most of the liquidation in my body is very specific to grief <laughs> so i don't know if that i don't know if that counts i don't i don't want to discount someone's experience of crying and emotionality but i feel like i kind of have a monopoly or some expertise on crying after a lifetime of it being one of my greater dependencies and resources so like happy tears is it's got to be a different like terminology for that one not to be possessive of the concept of crying or argumentative about our different ways of attaining it but it it made me laugh it made me so laugh that laugh so hard that I cried which is not true when I laugh really hard that's when the, the tears and crying is the furthest distance away so, this was a podcast by Lisa Starr, and I have no idea if I'm reliable to come up with another one soon, but thanks for those who stuck with it. Uh, I am Lisa Starr, and I am another yourself, and in mine we say, in the cash. <laughs>